Welcome to See Uncovered, a place where you'll find the stories of proven entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ashley Henschel. Welcome to See Uncovered. Today we have on Bill Cartwright. Bill is a man of many talents. He's a five-time NBA champion, three as a player, and two as an assistant coach. A former NBA All-Star with over 12,000 career points and 6,000 career rebounds. Bill is known as one of the great teammates and leaders of all time. He's from Sacramento, California, with three-time All-American at the University of San Francisco. He's considered to be a key component to the legendary Michael Jordan team that won titles in the early 90s. Bill went on to achieve great success in business and academia. Bill is now director at the university initiatives at USF, his alma mater, the school he led glory during his story career playing, where he holds the USF all-time career scoring record. So today we have it on again, Bill Cartwright. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And wow, what an intro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all thanks to you. I had the content. <laughs> So I always start with a pretty loaded question. Who is, in your opinion, Bill Cartwright? Well, you know, I'm just a product of really how I grew up. Uh, my dad was a farm laborer. That's how we grew up. Uh, you learned how to work, fortunately and unfortunately. But uh, I was driving a tractor by the age of 10, irrigating fields, picking tomatoes as a family. Probably not many people have hoed a sugar beet field, but you learn how to work. And it was interesting because I, I didn't wasn't aware of it at the time, but it was teamwork too. Because uh, I have six sisters, no brothers, but uh, we were all equally tortured, and we had to work, work together to get the job done. So that's who I am. It's uh, for me, and thinking about it now that. Uh, there's people, you know, as an athlete who are probably more talented. I was tall, but I didn't possess any huge amount of strength more than anybody else or speed. But what I could do is that I could work longer and harder. And that's who I am. What motivated you to become great? You know, I, I think that it was just because we grew up in a uh, two-bedroom house, so there was nine of us when I was a little kid uh, living out in the country. You can imagine us, all of us, seven kids stuck in one room. I, I had my little cot, which was in the corner. My poor sisters had to share these two big beds. So we didn't have a lot, so you want stuff. And, like, and I love sports. Uh, my first sport is baseball. You know, I was a good baseball player, not because I was more talented, but because I practiced more. I played more. Uh, I could hit. You know, I could, luckily, I could throw really hard. Uh, so I was a pitcher. So I just played more, and I was one of the better baseball players. And once I discovered that when I was a freshman in high school, some people with real talent uh, saw guys hitting 300-foot home runs, and I was looking at that going, 
I, I can't do that in a million years. So it looks like basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I really started focusing on that. And I was pretty sure there wasn't a lot of uh, people that were shooting more than me. If they were, they were crazy. <laughs> I was playing pretty much six days a week, minimum. And it was fun, you know, you're young. And I was lucky enough, I had a uh, a coach who was really motivated, had a really good team. I was lucky to have a cousin, my cousin Michael, who was about three years older than me. He's about 6'5". And a so I was able to play against older guys. I was lucky because one of my teammates, who happened to be six seven at the time, to be able to practice against him every day and learn moves and work on moves. So you know, I I had everything I needed to, to be successful. And and like I said, I could I could play more yeah. than everybody. Did you start playing basketball as a freshman in high school, or were you playing before that? No, I was playing like in the seventh grade. Yeah. But uh, in those days, well, that was the 70s. That's a long time for you. That's like happy days. So you played three sports. So I was a normal guy, baseball, basketball, football. Coaching was a little bit different then because it was like more fundamental. So we have footwork and uh, fundamental skills uh, to be able to keep your balance. I had a really, when I was a freshman, something really good and really bad happened. The good thing is that I was playing football and I was doing really well. The bad thing is that I was throwing a pass and I got tackled and I hurt my right shoulder. So I couldn't play football anymore. My football career was done. But my hand, arm was in a sling, my right arm. So for six months, I practiced my left hand dribble and hooks around a basket. And then after that, I discovered I was a better left-handed shooter than right. So, you know, that really worked out. It did, but it didn't. So I was able to now... I uh, used both hands around the basket. It was just a real advantage. Was there a point in time while you were playing basketball where you felt, hey, maybe I could take this to the next level? You know, when I was uh, in high school, there were young guys, guys my age, uh, Daryl Dawkins, Bill Willoughby, Moses Malone. Those guys went from high school to college. Now, when I was in high school, I was tall. It was about 6'11", but I was about 205 pounds, maybe two. I was like a stick. So even though I could use my quickness and speed, uh, I was ready for those guys. And I was more concerned about the next step that was in front of me, which was to go to college. And it wasn't the norm then either. That was a real oddity. It wasn't until I was a junior in college at USF that I thought about leaving early because two of my teammates, James Hardy, went for Boyd's, went early. And even that, I didn't feel that, hmm, am I ready to go? 
it wasn't the norm then. The norm wasn't playing four years. And then now you're going to get drafted. Now you're going to go to the right spot. Now you're physically and mentally ready. And that was perfect for me because that's, that's what I felt like. I didn't even know I was an NBA player, even though I was the, you know, our conferences, most valuable player. My junior year, I still didn't know because I always felt like there was somebody better. And besides that, I was kind of having fun at, at USF. How was your experience with being a student athlete and juggling your time playing basketball and your time doing schoolwork? I loved being in college. I loved it. It was measurably better than high school. I had my own schedule and my own room. Everything was on me. And I, I really loved that. I was probably a better student when I was in college because if they were my classes. When you're in high school, you had a directed constantly take this class and it's for me it was nonsense it was like this i don't want to take this class i want to be here didn't sign up for it but i gotta do it um in college i've got my own stuff it's my own major it's who i want to be it's uh i had a great counselor when i was in school and directed me you know so i was really motivated to be successful motivated to have my own stuff mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a really big deal. So my college experience was, and I and my buddies that I still talk about, it's like the greatest time of my life. What did it mean to you to be the third overall pick, and how did that push you when, while playing in the NBA? You know, I kind of took that in stride because think about it. I was a kid. I went to Elk Grove High School. Now I'm in San Francisco. <laughs> which is like, wow, that's a pretty big city. So now I'm in the biggest city in the freaking country. I'm in, I'm in New York City. So I just kind of took everything in stride. I didn't think about, hey, I'm the third pick of the draft. I'm in New York City. I was thinking, hmm, I got to find an apartment. I've got to get ready for training camp. I've got to be prepared to take this journey on. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't hype or anything like that. It was more just taking the next step, which was going to be a really big challenge. So, but I was ready for it. Were you happy to get traded? And how was that adjustment at that time for you? Well, you talking about my trade to Chicago? Yes. Well, look, I had spent nine years, think about that, nine years in New York. And New York, Good or bad, uh, it's going to challenge you. You can, as an athlete, have your entire face on the back of the post, and it could say, hey, this guy's really good. Or it could say, this guy's horrible. Get him out of town. So once you play in New York, there's no, nothing's going to bother you. Not once. But when I got traded to Chicago, I had gone through four coaches, some good, some bad. I was ready for a fresh start. And this team wanted me. When I got there, Doug Collins was the head coach. And he's like, Jerry Gross was the GM. Jerry Reister was the owner. They welcomed me. They wanted me there. They wanted me to play, uh, which is all I wanted to do. And 
you know, I was playing with some great young players. Uh, so I was just really excited. But I wasn't worried. After being in New York, nothing's going to worry. No. I live in New York, but I'm from Chicago. So I kind of understand the difference. And once you're in New York, nothing phases you anymore. You see it all. Exactly. Nothing's going to bother you. Everybody, everybody's a critic. Yeah. In your opinion, what factors made that Bulls team so special? We just had special people. We had a really good owner. We had a visionary GM, Jerry Krause, and his group that I really got to know well. We had special coaches, especially when Phil took over, Tex Winter, Johnny Bach. Jim Clemens, they were real teachers of basketball. And it was it was just so many lessons that I learned there. We had a great legendary strength and conditioning coach with Al Bermeo. And then now we get young players. We got Michael Jordan. We got a second-year player with Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant. We got John Paxson. We got great guys coming off the bench with uh, – Cliff Livingston. When I was there, we got the world's greatest shooter with Craig Hodges. Uh, and then now we get another group of young guys with Will Purdue, Scott Williams, B.J. Armstrong. So it was a special, special time that we were yeah. learning the system and how we're going to play. And, and just things that I really carried to me today because it made perfect sense in what we were doing to play great team basketball and more importantly we were a really good defensive team how was your transition from player to coach and can you describe what kind of coaching style you would like to exhibit when you were a coach yeah so coaches uh for one thing i never wanted to coach i got talked to my chair crops because I was all set to, once I retired after playing for Seattle and with the grad school at USF, I was, I was all set to be a businessman. I was going to be a McDonald's operator, you can imagine. So, but I was all set and I got a phone call. You want to coach? I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Call me back. Say, yeah, come on down and start coaching. And I had to learn what it was really like to be a coach. And I was fortunate, like I said, that the guys that I learned from, guys like Johnny Bach and guys like Phil were there. And more importantly, the guy who really I spent the most time with was Tex Winter. And believe me, I grilled him <laughs> as far as why we're doing what we're doing. And uh, he was such a good teacher for me to understand how to be successful. So I was just really fortunate to have that time. Mm -hmm. To really learn, but I tell you what, I was more tired as a coach than I was as a player because uh, I found myself falling asleep on the plane. It's really uh, time consuming, yeah, uh, mentally. What are your thoughts on the NCAA changing its rules to now allow athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness? Yeah, I think that's fine. That's something that it's your image, it's your likeness, you should benefit from that. I like the fact that a lot of people are creative, that they, that they can do that and, and use those skills, and I'm, I'm perfectly good with that. 
Do you think it will change athletes' decisions to either stay in college or go pro? Well, this is the tricky part, is that so few players go pro. To be a pro athlete, to be a professional athlete, the average life of an NBA player is less than three years, as if they get in the league. So if somebody can benefit and make some money through this image and likeness, yeah, why not? You know, if I may, uh, it's not a real fair thing to ask. If it's about a tennis player, we wouldn't ask that question. You just go play. If, uh, if I'm a golfer and I'm good enough to be on the tour, you just go. There's no age limit. You just do it. So once you're an adult, you're an adult. So you're 18 years old. If I'm 18 years old, I can go fight in a war. So image and likeness, are we really talking about that? It's like, yeah, you could certainly do that. I want to hear more about going from basketball to working at your alma mater. Is that something you always want to do? I think that at one point in time, you really find that a big part of your life is, because everybody, when they're young, you want to get out, you want to make your mark, you want to set goals and do all this stuff and make a ton of money. And I think you don't want to do that now, but you find that a big part of your life is if you can help somebody else, that is really super cool. Mm -hmm. If you can help somebody else along with their journey, that is a huge, huge benefit. And I found a lot of joy in that. So when I had the opportunity to come back to the University of San Francisco to spend time with people and, and be able to help along with their journey, and to me, you can't do much better than that because things that are really hard for some people it's you know i i feel like i can see it clearly that yeah it's not that bad things are you know you're on the right course do you have any advice for athletes who are trying to break into the business world athletes are outstanding because for one thing they they believe in teamwork and believe in hard work and believe in putting time in. Many companies are seeking people, and it's funny if you have your resume, you know, prior athletes, that will jump out of employers. Lastly, I always ask this at the end if you could give a piece of advice to a college or high school version of yourself, what would you tell him? Keep going how you're going, just go full speed uh, without any fear or any worry. How important is teaching our youth about financial literacy in your opinion? And why do you think there is a lack of? Well, I think there's a lack of because when you're a kid, you don't have any money. <laughs> and why is that being taught in school? I don't know. Because like I said, a lot of kids, when I was in college, nobody had a bank account. Nobody, nobody knew anything about that. And why would they? Nobody's ever worked. Nobody's ever paid a mortgage. Nobody's paid any bills. All of that's taken care of by your parents or whoever. But that is hugely important to, to understand that you need to be able to take care of yourself financially and give an example of when you're out of school and how are you going to have an apartment and how are you going to buy a car, which everybody wants, especially nowadays, uh, insurance and it's just all those basic bills that you're going to have every day and to be able to set a budget and 
write that out. What's what's a budget like? So uh, just the knowledge of knowing that you're going to have to have that is not even the norm. And that's extraordinarily important. Yeah. You build it for the rest of your life, for your future, for your family, if you're going to have one, if you're planning on having one. It's just that kind of building and that kind of thinking uh, that just doesn't happen. So hopefully that changes soon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Bill, for coming on See You Uncovered. I really enjoyed learning about your career, career as a Bulls fan myself. Um, this was such a pleasure to talk with you. So thank you again. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to See Uncovered. You can check out more at www.createeveryopportunity.org. Thanks again.